Hi, I'm Darren Wright. And I'm Tim Beadle. Welcome to Disciple Making. Welcome back to another podcast on disciple making with my good friend Darren Ride. I am Tim Beadle. And uh, today, Darren, we're going to be uh, digging into how do we actually equip new believers for service. It's wonderful to ground them in the foundations of their faith through uh, how to read the Bible, how to pray, how to have a quiet time. Uh, but now we want them to grow, as it were, to the next level of uh, growing up in Christ, in which they're actually going to put faith into action. Uh, what's been your experience, and, and and how would you lay some principles out for our listeners today? Yeah, thanks, thanks, Tim. Good to be back. And uh, yeah, the, the context for this is really, uh, we've been kind of talking through my draft missional living map, and, and, and talked about a few kind of stages. We've talked about being gospel-saturated and and Christ-centered and self-feeding, and those are kind of the almost foundational, what I call the launch level. And then we talk about the whole issue of partnering, that you don't do this alone. And that brings us to this whole equipping thing. And I think, Tim, this really, when it comes to disciple making, this is one of the big gaps where we have we have replaced equipping with just teaching content. And so there are things I believe believers need to be trained in. And this is beyond even, you know, reading the word and prayer. We've already talked about those but in terms of being equipped for service, things that believers need to understand so they can actually serve and participate fully in the mission of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And and so often it's been my experience that the only training that people receive is to do things inside the structure of the programs of the church, not so much outward-focused missional living. And so that's the reality. I don't know about you, but... As we've said before, there's a lot of teaching, but very little training. And the training that seems to be offered is task-oriented to meet the, the program needs inside the church building. Yeah. And again, there is an overlap, obviously. I, 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 I believe and expect that what happens inside the building is part of the mission of Christ, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's not the whole story, right? And and to equip people for service means to equip them individually, really distinct from any program uh, yep. In a way that wherever they go, they're equipped to be on service. Yeah, I think the training I was alluding to uh, is really looking for certain skills or gifts that a person might have to meet the needs of the program in the church, rather than uh, holistic training in terms of releasing them into the world. And then, so let's start with that, that word, because I just used it, gifts. Mm -hmm. Obviously, spiritual gifts. Uh, when you come to Christ, the Holy Spirit takes up resident. He comes with a birthday gift. Mm -hmm. uh, new birth in Christ, he brings a gift or gifts uh, that I believe are dovetailed with, with your natural abilities. That's something I've noticed uh, over the years. Uh, and we shouldn't confuse the two, but you do have a spiritual gift. Uh, unpack that for us a little bit, Darren. Yeah, for sure. You know, those of us who grew up, you know, in the, you know, in the 70s, 80s, into the 90s, their spiritual gift inventories were a big thing. Yeah, yeah. And so for a lot of us, it's old news. Um, yeah. But you know what I'm finding, Tim, is a lot of people have not been taught on spiritual gifts. Yeah. A lot of the younger generations, it is news to them. And so the the core idea that when the Spirit bring, takes up residence in you, he, he gifts you and can even gift you in the future for that, uh, yeah. that can be a revelation for people. 
And yeah. as people wrestle through one of the big questions of their life, what's God's will for me? Spiritual yeah. gifts is a big part of the answer to that because it shows you in some ways how you're called to serve, regardless of what your actual other vocation may be. And so, you know, it's just helping people understand that basic idea. You have been gifted by the Holy Spirit in a supernatural way to participate in the mission of Jesus, to build up other believers, to interface with the, the seeking world, or even sometimes the, the non-seeking world, in a way that that really builds into the mission of Christ. That's news, and I think it's something we need to keep on the front burner going forward. Yeah, it's good, good news. Obviously, uh, additional to the good news of salvation is this good news, especially for the younger generation, that, that God is so interested in you, and, and not only in, in you, but in, in your spiritual design uh, that he has endowed you with a gift. And now that, that should cause people, everyone likes getting gifts, uh, to actually explore, uh, examine, uh, and, and then not only that, but employ it in, in a ministry environment as well. Um, p- part of the um, understanding our role in ministry, obviously uh, we are, like mess messengers, we're, we're told to go in the Great Commission. But the authority of, of the messenger is dependent on two different things. First of all, the importance of the message mm-hmm. and, and also the authority of the sender. So in the Great Commission, when Jesus starts off by saying, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go. And then he gives us uh, the message that is vital for people to hear. Our spiritual gifts are entwined inseparably in the message and in, endowed by the authority as well. Otherwise, what happens, hmm. I find, is that we just try to do things in our own strength. And uh, if we haven't been trained about our gift, and even for those born in the 70s or who lived in the 70s and 80s who did all these spiritual gift inventories, it's wonderful to know your gifts. But that can just be head knowledge, Darren. Unless hmm. you actually submit to the work of the Holy Spirit uh, it's like it's it's like um, uh, the fruit of the spirit. We read the list in Galatians five, all nine of them, uh, but then we try to be more loving by ourselves. We try to be more patient, <laughs> right? But, but that defeats the whole purpose of the Holy Spirit flowing flowing through us. And these are spiritual gifts, hmm. and so it's, it's the Spirit who works through us, and we work in in commission with Him in Jesus, obviously, to allow these gifts to have their full potential. Yeah. No, I think you hit on something very important there, Tim. You know, I think when we use the phrase spiritual gifts, sometimes we we think in what's oh, spiritual, they're gifts of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know, right. they're not just spiritual, they're gifts of the Spirit. He's the one who gives them and he's the one who puts the power behind them. And as you mentioned, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, the yeah. character yeah. that gives the exercise of those gifts, both credibility and longevity. And so, yeah. you know, it, when we talk about equipping people, I think the work of the Spirit, equipping people in the whole whole area, and of course, of course there's teaching as a part of that, in the fullness of the Spirit, in being led by the Spirit, in, in, in knowing the voice of the Spirit, you know, that's a, a pretty big area of equipping, I would say. I would say so as well. Uh, are there any specific spiritual gifts or gifts of the Spirit that have even, either been neglected or we really need to pay attention to those who have these gifts in terms of carrying out the, the mandate of the Great Commission? Making disciples who make disciples, or <laughs> well, that's a good question. I mean, I I think right away, and this might be a half step, is the whole uh, Ephesians four a past apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher, which can be seen as gifts or offices, and I increasingly see them as functions. 
you know, apostolic yeah. function, prophetic function. And I think, you know, in, in our evangelical world, the shepherd teacher function has been so elevated yes. that yes. the apostolic prophetic and evangelist function might have been diminished. And so uh, that's not maybe a direct answer to your question, but it's immediately where my well, mind goes. You say, what are things that have been neglected? Yeah, well, well, let's just focus on the gift of the evangelist, because mm. while evangelism has always been listed as uh, a spiritual gift or a gift of the spirit, isn't it true in Scripture that we are all to do the work of evangelism? Mm. So, so how do you? If someone says, "Well, that's not my gift," I've I've someone uh, close friend who says, "Well, that's not my gift," mm -hmm. and therefore, sort of, the, a barrier goes up, a door is closed. And they sort of uh, just want to take a rain check in terms of being held accountable to, even though they don't have the gift, but to still do the work of evangelism. Yeah, well, I mean, when it comes to gifts, you know, where there's things that we are especially gifted in, there's things we're all called to do. We're all called exactly. to be witnesses. Some are especially yeah. gifted in evangelism. We're all called to be hospitable and sharing. Yeah. Some people are actually gifted in hospitality. That's right. You know, like, like there's actual an actual spiritual gift of hospitality that even if I don't have the gift, I better be, you know, hospitable if I'm a Christian leader. And so, right. you know, when it comes to the gift of evangelism, uh, you know, it's interesting Ephesians 4, where it talks about that office or gift of evangelist, their role is described as equipping the saints. Yeah. <laughs> so evangelists, part of their role, yes, obviously is evangelizing, but it's also to equip the saints to be more effective, I believe, in their witness. And I've known people, I, I think of T.V. Thomas, uh, you know, an evangelist who, who you know, in my early years was very influential on in shaping the way I approach, you know, the whole evangelistic flow of my life. And I would say I'm very passionate about evangelism. I am not a gifted evangelist in that classic sense. Yeah. It's interesting in that passage in Ephesians 4, uh, when it talks about equipping, um, that word equipping is the same word that's used uh, when Jesus found the disciples and they were repairing their nets. Mm. The same concept there. Uh, you know, they, they wanted to make sure that everything was set for the next time they went out for the big catch that apparently in Scripture they never had unless Jesus came and told them to throw their nets on the other side. But when that happened, their nets were ready. And, and yeah. this word equipping, uh, especially for leaders, is to not sit back waiting for the next event and then scrambling to get ready for the, uh, for the challenge at hand, but in advance to, to equip to mend mm. the nets, as it were, to be prepared. Yeah. And, that, and that's why it's really important to help people find uh, their gifts and release them into ministry. But uh, what's your experience in terms of just releasing people into ministry? Are, are there any other guidelines in terms of that? Yeah. Well, that's funny you mentioned the word release because in my in my little flow that's that right. we're working through, the next one is actually about releasing. Yeah, uh, you okay. know, like that, and, and that's really, um, not that we won't touch on it here, but part of it is releasing as much as, you know, challenging, as much as, you know, sometimes to use the bird in a nest analogy, bumping them out of the nest a little bit. <laughs> that sometimes, you know, people need to be challenged. Uh, we have a, a, a lady in our group right now who, you know, part of our group, people take part in sharing their story and leading a discovery Bible study. And she's also involved in a, in a classic church and, and, she started leading a ladies' Bible study there, and she said, you know what? If it wasn't for the stuff we're doing in our group, I wouldn't have been able and willing to step up to do that. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was just a matter of getting outside comfort zone to discovering even how you're wired. I don't know about you, Tim, but the way I discovered my spiritual gifts wasn't primarily through inventory. 
It was no. primarily from doing stuff. Exactly. <laughs> and see, and and, seeing what and, actually worked. I mean, I, I had hints. I think those inventories track your passions very well. They don't necessarily track your gifts as well. And that's why for spiritual gifts, it's good to place yourself under observation for someone else to affirm what mm. they see in you. I know when I was a teenager, I had several leaders in my home church affirming me what they saw that the Lord had gifted me. Mm. Um, uh, I think they said, well, you're going to be a pastor one day uh, uh, in terms of what <laughs> they understood that, that, that to be. But I think it's important that, that we listen to others who we respect as being spiritually mature, who mm. have a discerning spirit uh, in terms of what they notice in us. And, oh, yeah. And I say spiritually mature because they will look past what we're good at naturally and, yeah. and have the spiritual wherewithal to, to impress upon us, to take note of an area of giftedness. I think another uh, key is that um, we, we live our life for Jesus with eyes wide open in a world where we know that the Lord has planned good works for us in advance. And he wants us to not lose or to make the most of every opportunity around us. Hmm. I think that gets us out of the fishbowl, as it were, and um, where we can all feel good about being uh, with each other and actually putting gifts into service for those yet to find Jesus or for helping new believers as they grow to model a life uh, and to help them find that they too have gifts to be used, not for themselves, but, mm -hmm. but for the common good of the church. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, that Again, you, you have a way of just hitting those key points that the point of the gifts is not me. <laughs> I've been given gifts That's for the me. sake of the body. Uh, you know, the, the gifts make no sense in yeah. isolation. They're, they're, they're given oh, to yeah. you to, to serve, you know, other people. Something else you said there, Tim, about just affirming gifts that we see in others. Like that is so critically important because a lot of people yeah. don't know because they're operating so it's so natural for them. They don't understand how gifted they are and they don't see it as special. And, and I remember uh, this one lady in a church, she was the most amazing children's Sunday school teacher we'd ever come across. Huge impact in our kids' lives. And, and I actually taught on spiritual gifts one time and talked about this principle being affirmed. And she came to me during the week and said she was thinking about stopping teaching because no one had ever told her she was a good teacher. And I was shocked because everybody knew she was. And I had to say to her, yes. oh, my goodness, you are a, the most amazing teacher we've ever seen. And just the need to encourage people when we see them operating in their area of giftedness yeah. and affirm that. Because, again, sometimes they don't see it. Sometimes we don't see it. And and part of the body, and there's a gift of encouragement that we're all called to encourage, part of it is speaking to others and affirming. Okay. So critically important when it comes to equipping people. Now, we spoke about that, I think, a few podcasts ago about, about encouragement. And yeah. I, I think if, if the world needed anything, it, mm. it's just a good boost of encouragement. Uh, there's always a principle, you know, as, as a preacher, you, you think you preached a great sermon, but then no one says anything after it. You always perceive <laughs> negatively with, with this fact, yeah. and it's just like this teacher that you alluded to. Uh, so... I'm always reminded, uh, take time to encourage and thank other mm, people. Mm -hmm. I think that actually is um, voicing the very heart of Jesus towards other people because that's what he wants to do. He wants people to know that he wants to bless them. Part of the blessing comes through us 
speaking, as long as it's genuine and we're mm-hmm. doing it for the right reasons, is to uh, is to tell people of the difference that they're making. And that goes a long way to, to give them confidence, not self-confidence, but confidence that they're actually walking in the center of God's will as they do things, not just sort of think about things as well. Well, yeah. And, and again, part of affirmation is sometimes... I don't know what the opposite of affirmation is in a positive sense, but to to challenge people where they think they're gifted and they're not, you know, because some people can go okay. down a path where they really ought not to go. I, I literally just recently, I had a, um, an interaction with a fellow who I've known for years and he's had a desire to be in ministry of various kinds. And he clearly is incredibly gifted when it comes to one-on-one ministry disciple making, even evangelism and even deliverance and that kind of stuff, but, but is not a strong teacher preacher, but he was tending towards that. And I I challenged him on that a bit. And, and recently we had a meeting and he actually verbalized that, that he realizes his greatest strengths are in this area, this more one-on-one kind of thing. And, uh, you know, that's really good to see, but sometimes I need to be challenged. Sometimes we need to be challenged when we're going down a path that doesn't align with the gift yeah. or the call yeah. that God has for us. You know, there, there, there's the classic story of the woman who came to the pastor and said, Pastor, the Lord has given me a gift to sing, and I and he's given me a song to sing next Sunday in the church. And the pastor didn't know what to say, so uh, not not wanting to disobey the, the Lord, he let the woman sing, and she was just terrible. Just terrible. And so the next week she comes again and says, Pastor, the, the Lord's given me another song to sing. Uh, but in wisdom, he says, well, if the Lord told you, then then he should, because we're, we're the unity of the faith. He will also tell me, and when he does, I'll let you know. <laughs> there you go. Uh, what happened was that the woman got confused about the gift of music and singing with actually, she just loved to be part of the music ministry. Mm. And as it ended up, she had the gift of organization and administration, where she just loved setting up for the musicians, making sure the water was there, and actually making a schedule for those who would actually give special music. Mm. Uh, But she got it confused because she was working independent and not under the sort of accountability of, of either a pastor, a leader, or or a partner in the faith. And I think this is a vital principle, is that we don't become lone rangers uh, in saying, well, I'm just going to mm. go and do whatever I, I do. But, well, we do it together in, in the body, uh, a body that works together, but also that that understands the mission that they have. And um, then we, we, we work together. And then even after Jesus sent out the disciples, uh, they came back and gave a report two by two, they gave a report mm. on what they saw for the, for the sake of learning and training at the same time. Yeah. Oh, that, that's, that's really good there. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really a matter of aligning the subjective and the objective and submitting to the authority in a sense, or the, the encouragement of others. You know, the word says submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, recognize that other believers can speak into our lives, you know, in these, in these areas of service. You know, Tim, there's a lot of other areas of equipping we could talk about. Know. You know, we've talked about equipping for evangelism and telling your story. You know, one we talked about before we started recording that we'll talk about at some point, probably as a standalone, is equipping people to connect their work to the mission of Christ. Because for so many people, it's compartmentalized. But I guess, you know, to, to anchor this or land this or put a, put a pin in it, really, the point here is that we need to be trained. 
to live out our faith. We need yeah. to, we need as believers need to understand how God has poured into us and then how and where and when we pour out what God has poured in. And that's a key area of equipping believers of all ages, but I'd say especially new believers to understand they're gifted and called yeah. for ministry. And then, and this is really how it's, it's just ingrained into who we are. And we have to really translate that into our lifestyle that includes our place of employment um, because it isn't disciple making isn't so much what we do, but it's who we are. We're we're a discipler. It's a lifestyle statement. And therefore, when we go into the workplace, we take Christ with us, through us, in us. And uh, one of the principles that, that we'll see down the road in another podcast is that when people look at us, they should see a definite difference than what they see in the world. Mm. And we've talked about this before, about, you know, being a spiritual chameleon because you want to fit in so you can sort of be accepted. Well, some sometimes you have to be different. Like Daniel, Daniel was respected and his friends, but he was like totally different. And yeah. people respected yeah. that. And I, it's been my experience when I actually live a life of a difference, even though people don't understand it. We have to understand that the Holy Spirit is always trying to draw people to, to Jesus Christ. And mm. he'll use the difference of our just lifestyle. And today, you know, there's so much difference in the world. Uh, but if you're making a difference by being genuine, hospitable, generous, and, and honest, I think people are drawn to that. And then, then, then they ask, why, why are you like this? Or if they see you going through a time of trial or, or even personal tragedy mm-hmm. and they see how you respond, like in Matthew 7, you know, the man who built his house on the rock, Jesus Christ. Uh, that's, that's a common ground experience that people will want to talk about. And it's there that, that your gifts, whatever they are, uh, can, can rise and, and God uses them for his purpose. No, that's exactly right. I would say even, Tim, uh, another layer of that is when they themselves go through difficulties because the the kind of person they see you are, you're the person they talk to. You know, and that that to me, that is the most incredible thing when that happens and just how the Spirit of God will draw them to a believer who they sense has something to say to them. Uh, We've experienced and observed that in a lot of contexts, and it's very, uh, very cool. So uh, how do you want to land this one, Tim? Well, this is just one fun little story. If you've watched the uh, the movie Apollo 13 of this uh, lunar launch and then they had problems and they had to take inventory of everything that they had in that little capsule and try to uh, MacGyver it into something because they were going to run out of oxygen. Uh, <laughs> in the same way, um, as, as, as followers of Jesus, there's a certain inventory of gifts and skills and, and equipping that we have been given. And, and we need to not ignore and just do the ones that we we, we feel best about. But to have a, a really well-centered, well-developed uh, sense of character and also qualities in which we walk into the world, uh, we need to do some introspection and also ask someone to hold us accountable. Uh, if you're serious about disciple-making, uh, where where do you feel fear? Where where do you feel inferior? And have someone to come and speak into your life, encourage you, and even walk with you for a season to help you uh, find mastery or else at least improve in areas where you just don't want to go near. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's my final word today. Excellent. If you're if you're a believer and you're listening to us, you have been gifted and called for a mission, 
And we encourage you to be equipped to do so and to join with the Lord and his people on mission. Till next time, thanks for joining us. I'm Darren Ride here with Tim Beadle, and we are striving to be disciple makers and want to invite you along on the journey. Hey, and I'll say one more thing. Uh, next podcast will be number 100 for Darren and myself. So, so we're going to do something special for that. Maybe there'll be some uh, giveaways and things like that if you respond. But for those of us who have tracked, I know there's a few who have tracked along a good year and a half now. Uh, join us for the next one because it's going to be special as we honor the Lord. And uh, just thank him for calling us to be disciple makers. May God bless you. Amen. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to imakedisciples.com or christfollowerdna.com. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.